Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 61, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And I'm your friendly neighbourhood Ton. <laughs> um, Why not? This episode's brought to you by uh, Facebook Marketing for Dummies and Eurotrip Uncut on DVD. Oh, good movie. What do you give that one on IMDb? <laughs> um, too much. Uh, those... For those of you playing at home, that's what we're using this week for a mic stand. Mm, very good. So, well, that's what you're top using. ironing board. Yeah. I get, I get a proper side desk, but again, I sit where the cat poos, so. <laughs> not, by, not by choice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 2004 Eurotrip. Yeah. Um, 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Not Actually, not that bad for a movie like that. Like that? Yeah, you know. I think I watched it once and I didn't really enjoy it. Dumped by his girlfriend, a high school grad decides to embark on an overseas adventure in Europe with his friends. It's a pretty pretty rubbish description. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. I was waiting for the next sentence. Um... Uh... So we weren't here last... 92 minutes. We weren't here last week. 92 minutes. That's good. It's worth noting twice. (laughs) Um, weren't here last week due to my absence. I was away at a show, which the shows rinse me out, and I ended up losing my voice. You got a bit sicko, didn't you? So one thing that you can't do when you're um, uh, podcasting is have no voice, mm. and so it wasn't going to work for me. I still am a little bit croaky and a little bit dry in parts, so if I stop for a lozenge, you know why. I got a bit crook myself, actually, last week, so... Well, that was the other part of it. I know you're going away, is it this week, so I didn't want to get you sick either, so... Yeah, because uh, so I, I was thinking that we probably would disregard our customary pash at the end of each episode. <laughs> I've been keen to drop that for a while, to be fair. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> for me it didn't mention. pick it up from your body language, but um, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm just far too into it. Do other countries say pashing? I know Franching? Franching? Yeah, Franching is what I'm Franching? <laughs> um, to be clear, that doesn't happen. Not at all. And to be queer, it does happen. <laughs> lots and lots. Um, are you enjoying your beverage? Oh, tell us about us. Tell, tell, tell us all about us. Um, so this week we're... <laughs> I'm not making any sense. Not <laughs> this week we're enjoying um, a uh, Waka Changi lager. Um, quite nice beer, as it says on the label. Established circa 1648 by Uncle Kenny. Yes, a South Otago beer with North Canterbury flavours, brewed near Nelson by a West Coaster using the old misty waters of the Waikato. Uh, White, uh, well, sorry, Wakachangi was voted the best. It was voted Come on, the, man. the best. Start that again. Start that again. Wakachangi was voted the beer with the best indoor-outdoor flow at the 2016 Wakachangi Beer and Furniture Awards. <laughs> um, so it tickles us just right, doesn't we've it? We've kept that uh, that ice cold Wakachangi um, ice cold here in our new elusive moose mm. stubby holders. It's like the the stubby holders are like the icy waters of Fiordland, where the elusive <laughs> moose. Uh, I guess, moves amongst the forest silently, but deadly. <laughs> not not deadly. Deadly. It's a, it's a moose. It's not. Um, is it weird to have a multivitamin and wash it down with beer? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I just found a multivitamin in my pocket. Get it in I, there. I meant to take this morning. Get that one in you. Yeah. No, oh wait. Is it a suppository though? If you wash that no. down with beer, that's a bit weird. <laughs> you wash that up with beer? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um... So one thing that happened when I was at the show, I wondered if you. Could... So what sort of show was this? Did you agriculture explain show? It was? Yeah. Just a big giant agriculture yeah. show. You're an egg. You're an egg. <laughs> yeah, you are an. Egg. I work for an agriculture firm, but um, my team has been working on virtual reality. So we had a virtual reality experience. Farmers flocked to that. Were they big on that? Um, farmers' kids were. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Next generation of farmers, that's what you got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, No, it was really popular. Um, Went really well, and 
we were carried out as heroes. Really? Triumphantly? Mm. No, well, in my head. Oh. Um, <laughs> was it just all the drugs and the sort of the <laughs> hallucinations yeah. and the fever? Oh, man, the, the days are just punishing, though. They We have like 5 a.m. 5 a.m wake-up times because you got to get out to the show when there's one road one one road in one road out and all the traffic backs up oh, i so. imagine farmers would be keen to get there early wouldn't they <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah. love the getting there yeah, early. i was talking to kids who had been up since four <laughs> <laughs> why because <laughs> they're kids um farm kids uh it's so unnatural but then you go out for the company dinner and the, I reckon the whole town must have been onto it because they know that the longer you wait, the more booze you drink mm. as an agriculture firm. Right. So the meals don't arrive on the tables anywhere before 9.30 p.m. Jeez. And it's okay. a seven o'clock booking. It's disgraceful, really. I can imagine that. They're, you're bloody starving by then and you're so probably um, piss crook the next day. <laughs> I um, wouldn't say piss crook because I just get angry and start drinking <laughs> coke. <laughs> um but I just get angry and start doing lines of coke in the bathroom. Yeah, like, hey, lines of Coca Cola. Lines of coke. <laughs> yeah. But um, the the thing that gets you is not day one nor day two. It's when you've done it for four days straight and you've you get home at midnight and you're up at five. It doesn't doesn't work with me. I'm one of these people that needs sleep to operate. Yeah, if you're and doing in yeah, if you're but illy as well well no that's the thing i think it goes the other way around where if i get tired i get sicker easier mm. so yeah. yeah i mean i was pretty run down the the flight back from there i think is a, an hour 45 something like that from hamilton an yeah. hour 50 it's an hour about an hour 50 i think isn't it the longest flight in the world <laughs> that <laughs> flight goes on and on and here's on the and thing on. i fell asleep oh nice i never fall asleep on planes unless it's long haul and even then it's hardly any sleep um and on this flight home on the friday i fell asleep i couldn't believe it <laughs> unbelievable um it's riveting for people to hear yeah i mean <laughs> I, I have to say like every like what you did like friday night that, that used to be my my commute on a friday night i used to live in what we call the tron uh hamilton the tron they call it uh city of the future hamilton yeah so every friday night i'd fly back Home to Christchurch. I was li- work in work in Hamiltron, live in Christchurch. <laughs> yeah. So every Friday night, you get on that plane and fly home, and it mm. just was the longest flight. Yeah. Ever. We had a just theory that um, on and on and on. It's a little propeller plane. Like, yeah. Because Ham. Well, that's the, the thing. We had a theory that every flight in New Zealand is between an hour and a half and an hour fifty because they just yeah. change what type of plane. So to go from one end to the other is not not far off, like an hour fifty um you know from christchurch to auckland yeah. or it might even be quicker than that because they use a bigger plane that's fast christchurch auckland like you, it's like an hour <laughs> you're like an hour in the air yeah and you yeah. go christchurch hamilton which is like like only a, a little shorter bit shorter distance. like yeah. not huge much but it's like nearly an hour longer yeah like the worst one is this is again riveting for people i mean who don't yeah use their, I, it's use just occurred to me that someone might be listening yeah. so <laughs> uh wellington which is the capital to invercargill which is the bottom of the south island is to north antarctica really yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> it's a good ag joke use that nag <laughs> Just go. I might use it. I might just get this segment over with. Uh, it's two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. That's painful. And like little propeller plane is spinning around for two hours and ten minutes. I don't know how people do it. It mm. would be hell. So one one thing that happened at that show, I wondered if you could shed any light on it. Um, oh, okay. As a an exhibitor, um, you exhibitionist. Is that what you mean? Yeah, as an exhibitionist, you <laughs> have, exhibitionist. You have the um, the pass that lets you in and out, obviously. Uh, or lets you into the show. It says exhibitor pass, right? You go in before it opens to set up your tent and when does all it that open? kind of stuff. Quite early. Like- I think it opens at eight. Oh, okay. Um, we end up getting in there about quarter to seven. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, as I was exiting, as you exit, the people on the gate put a stamp on your wrist so that they know that you've been in and they don't need to scan your ticket anymore. You can just like kind of come back in. Do they stamp you? They do. They do stamp you, don't they? Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, well, this is like the Disneyland of ag. So. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Sadly, kind of. Mystery Creek, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the weird thing happened, and I and since you went to Catholic school, I assume you know oh, what they're okay, talking okay, about. Okay. Okay. So um, I was <clears throat> escorting. I wasn't someone a good out. Catholic. 
No. Just, no okay. No. But you, more than me, because I wasn't a Catholic, nor am I. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'm going out the gate, um, and I had been out once that morning already. Okay. Um, yeah. Taking yeah. people to the airport or getting gear from the car or something like that. And um, so I had a stamp on my hand from the morning. And um, I'm intrigued to see where me, this goes. Someone or... in front of me um, got a stamp because they hadn't been out. And then I went to get a second stamp and said, oh, my stamp's rubbed off. So I need another one. Okay. Okay. Pretty easy to follow. Got him. The lady says to me, well, you didn't go to Catholic school, did you? And I was like, what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. And none of the people with me knew what that meant. But she gave me this big, long glare, like, who do you think you are? And I, then gave me a stamp and said, you didn't go to Catholic school. I'm like, what? Can tarnish and shed any light on <laughs> okay, this? Okay, yeah, so I am a, I'm a failed Catholic. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I did my communion. I wasn't confirmed. So I haven't done that. My sister was confirmed. What's confirmed? Uh, that's when like you kind of like you know pledge to sign up for a wee bit. <laughs> oh, like um, like those ones you used to get like ten CDs for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. So I didn't yeah. get that. So I'm not I'm not like fully into it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is um, Ash Wednesday. What? Ash Wednesday. <laughs> Let's just search. I know this. that one because I've seen people with ash on their head before. And I'm thinking, did they like? Ash Wednesday. It can't be that. It can't be that. Maybe she was meaning I was just being too honest or something. Or Mm, like... Nah, Catholics aren't that honest. Was I goody good or... Okay. I'm sure they did like... They did the rub thing. What's Mm. the rub thing on Ash Wednesday? They rub ash on you. Yeah. On your head though, isn't it? Yeah. So they're like a cross on your head. Yeah. So if it rubs off, is it like something bad? That's the only illusion I can make between something (laughs) rubbing off and Catholics. (laughs) That's the only one? I can think of another. <laughs> oh, can't, careful. You're speaking to a fail Catholic here. Right. Um, I'm just searching. Nothing? It. No. I mean, this again, that's all I can think of. Like, you know, if you rub it in and it falls off, <laughs> rub one then off. Then you rub too hard. Yeah. You rub one off in front of the priest. Oh, that's right. That's why I see it on people's foreheads, because it's like bad luck to rub. I don't know if it's luck. <laughs> It's like bad luck to rub the ash off, isn't it? I don't think it's bad luck. You know what I mean, though. Churches it's like it's not, not the right thing to do. Um, yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Ash, ash Wednesday. If you, you, you keep rub the it, ash you're... on, you'll roll snake eyes. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure because that's 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 how it works. Yeah. Um, if any of our listeners know what that person meant, then fill me in because I've got nothing. all I've got is Ash Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and I imagine that if it rubbed off, then you'd be a bad Catholic. Then I wouldn't roll snake eyes? Lapse. That's what I am. I'm lapse. I'm a lapse. You're a lapse Catholic. Lapse Catholic. Um, so that's about all, <clears> this, <throat> all the story I've got to bring to the party. How was your week? Good. You know, I'm How doing, was your two weeks? Uh, you know I'm doing the DIY. Is DIY yep. a thing overseas? Or is that just a Kiwi thing? I don't know. Doing... Doing it yourself. Renovations? Renos, Renos, yeah. So if you ever watched any of those like uh, like Bravo shows or HGTV <laughs> or that sort of stuff that shows no. the no, I haven't. Uh, Renos, I've done the Renos. So <laughs> nailed the bedroom nearly. Yeah. Yep. Paintings. You're painting things. Ripped up the carpet. Yep. It's quite good fun. It's good ripping it up. But oh. You got to get it put down again. Yeah, I'm paying for that. <laughs> um, um, does the carpet, the new carpet, match the drapes? Yes, it does. <laughs> Very luckily, yes. That's good. That's yeah, good. coordinate the coordinates. Coordinated it. Um, That's good. That's good news. Yeah, didn't didn't <laughs> want to look at unnatural when you saw it in the in you know the the bare all and end all. Yeah. Uh, new light in. Oh God, sorry, new right. lighting. No, it's not right either. Uh, new windows in the front door. We've gone oh, for yeah, the yeah. Uh, yeah. security glass, reinforced... Because uh, once again, something was stolen on your street. Uh, yes, another car was stolen. Yeah. So, That's uh, a good sign. Yep. Again, it's a sign. I'm all worried about my car. It's, out, it's parked outside. Well... Let's wrap this up. 
<laughs> on that note, we'll call that another week of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so to that new lock, digital lock with a pin. Mm-hmm. Yep, flash. that was impressive. Very impressive. I know the I know the pin number. You know the pin number. I can change it though, so you, can, you feel, feel free to say it. I can just change it. So, <laughs> um, if I kept saying it every episode, you'd probably get pissed off. I would have to change it every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Although you'd probably stop telling me. <laughs> I probably would stop telling you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can climb in through the fucking window. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we've done that. But more security. Um, mm-hmm. So all of these things are paranormal, I assume. Yeah. Leading up to some paranormal noises meetings. in the dark, something like that. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm going away uh, next week, and my partner didn't want to be sort of left alone with sort of lap security mm. from a lapsed Catholic. Lap security. <laughs> <laughs> this mm. lapsed Catholic. I can security. tell by your lock that you weren't born a Catholic, were no. you? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. <laughs> so yeah, we've got that. Um, Maybe it's just a saying. Maybe it's just a. Like a catchphrase. I'm going to start trying to weave it in and see if it fits. And if, if they ask you, like, ah, oh, you know, just ask, ask another Catholic, they'll tell you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, ask yeah. any Catholic, they'll tell you. <laughs> you weren't born a Catholic, were you? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So this lapsed Catholic has no longer lapsed security. I'm still lapsed Catholic. <laughs> okay. Excellent. Funny, like, Speaking, okay, this is kind of paranormal, the whole God thing. Mm. Did you, like, I remember, like, as a kid, like, because we went to Catholic school, and I remember my neighbours, they didn't. They went to the public school. It was close to a house and Don't just down the road. Don't spit the word public out like it's <laughs> derisive. Oh, we went to a Catholic private Some school. of us went to lower decile I know where public you went. schools. <laughs> um, and I remember asking. And they've it, done it, very well for themselves. And I remember my sister asking. <laughs> you have, actually. Well done. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I remember my sister asking. Um, this is from Addington. You've, <laughs> you've come a long way. Yeah. Um, I remember my sister asking the neighbour, do you believe in God? And he was like, um... I don't really know what that is. What God is? Yeah, because you didn't go to a Catholic school. Oh. It's like, like, have you ever in your life believed in God? Or have Me? You, yeah. Yeah, I went to Sunday school when I was a kid. I actually, I do think I remember this, how weird that kind of was, that they threw you into that. Was it your parents doing that? Was it the school? That was parents. Parents. Yeah. So why didn't you go to a Catholic school? Or uh, a jo- Anglican. Or, or Anglican. Jo- I mean, yeah, sorry. Sorry to get this, you know, wrong. Crossing party lines here. I don't know. Do you have to pay to go to a Catholic school? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. your answer. That's right. They I'm one of five. There were tons of you. They weren't going to... It's cute to come. They wouldn't pick line. me out of the litter to it's go into a paid school. I thought... That, I, I always felt really awkward, my sister asking that. I was like, ooh, I don't really want to have to answer that question. Like, ask them if they believe in God. That's kind of a, an awkward thing to ask someone. How old was this when you realized it would be awkward? Oh, How old eight, were you? Eight. You were eight and thinking, how would I answer that? Yeah, maybe mm. nine or maybe nine. Interesting. Yeah. I was I always was kind of like embarrassed that I went to a Catholic school. Because mm. I'm like, these people think I believe in like some monster in the sky. <laughs> monster. <laughs> well, he is a monster. <laughs> okay. If you, listen, if you think of the God stuff, he's actually, he's, he's, a, he's a bit of a dick. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying God did some dick things in the Bible. Yeah. He did. I'd agree with that. So did Muhammad. Can we not? do this i'm not sure if muhammad <laughs> I don't I'm, want... just, I'm just stirring the pot <laughs> yeah you are maybe allah it's two of us stop <laughs> there's two of us in this there's two of us that get taken down yeah well, i've got that new lock i'm fine the new th- lock. <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah anyway on um, the mean streets of addington i can take care of myself <laughs> you can yeah you've got the street smarts <laughs> yeah. um also in terms of security i've got put a crowbar and had that under my bed now really yeah under your bed yeah in case someone breaks into another crowbar them to death you would not. I've got a crowbar. Why didn't you get a baseball bat? It's way more rad. No, nah, I want a crowbar. I want a baseball bat under nah, my bed. The crowbar was mean as metal, hooky, sharp. Americans listening will be like, just get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can't get right. We can't get guns. Yeah, my dad has guns, locked up safely yeah. and rarely used. But yeah, I get a crowbar. Yeah. You can buy think. a crowbar from anywhere. It's what I've always found kind of strange is you can go to a kitchen supply store and buy a hell of a stabbing knife. Oh, can you ever? <laughs> right? A cleaver. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or a Bunnings and get an axe. Yeah. Still going to rampage with an axe. Oh, we get an axe. Machete. We get an axe under there too. <laughs> get a machete under your bed. 
I'm just worried that like um, I would have a because as a, someone who sleepwalks, I mm. would um, you know yeah, sleepwalk your way into smashing something up. Yeah, so I'm worried like about your the, partner. I'm worried about the crowbar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's there in case it ever happens. I've, I just think you want. I wanted a weapon just in case it was there. Did you? I mean, what does a crowbar cost these days? I paid ten dollars for it. Oh, that's not a that's not a big crowbar. It was on sale. Then. It was on sale. No, it's like this. That's <laughs> a nice audio medium to make your hands about a meter long. It's not. No, that's too close. Uh, you're going to run away and grab it. I'll just vamp while you do that. Um, in my experience, the cheap um, crowbars are always the tiny ones that would never. See, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get close. It's quite heavy. It's not <laughs> bad. It's not, yeah, it's for ten bucks. It's got, it's got a weight to it. Yeah, that's under my bed. <laughs> I love that it's called a wrecking bar on the yeah. label. Um, yeah, that'll do some damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm turned around. Yeah. Where do I get me one? <laughs> don't don't turn around with that in, your, in my hand, maybe. That's sort of a, a lethal weapon. Is it too heavy? No, I think it's perfect, actually. <laughs> but it's still, you've got to get quite close to someone. Like, I'd want a long-range um, missile, I almost said. <laughs> a long-range weapon. But, it, but then in my head, this I'm thinking, what's a, long, what's a long-range weapon? And I went to, like, Lance. <laughs> I think a Lance <laughs> like a will joust, put under the bed, yeah. A joust. <laughs> Great for jousting. Jousting but, um, stick. Yeah. So that's that's the protection there. So yeah. all the security improvements. Always use protection. Yes. Like crowbars for 10 bucks. Yeah. That was me banging the Get Me Some Strange book on the... On the um, it's quite a good sound, actually. I like it. On the ironing board. It feels like a giant walking. Yeah, we're safe enough. Like if uh, Sasquatch was walking <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, you're having a go. It looked like too much fun, not to do, didn't it? So, All right, yeah, it's crowbar. I think I think we've vamped enough. Um, shall we jump into your story for the week? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Um, so if anyone knows the what floor. the heck somebody meant around, um, <laughs> I didn't go to Catholic school. Then tweet <clears throat> us, but I. I don't even know if the person knew. <laughs> so, do you think they maybe had heard that from someone and yeah, used it yeah. on you? And now it's maybe it's an ag thing. I yeah. don't really know. I'm from Addington. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, um, so we haven't had anything extraterrestrial for a wee bit. So I thought we'd better venture back into this. Mm. Um, and this one, as I think I've sort of just touched on briefly, there's a bit of participation involved. Okay. So this is a story that we both need to tell. Okay. So I'm going to introduce it, mm-hmm. sort of do the first wee bit, and then you're going to interview me. What are you setting me up for? Oh. Okay. Oh. So this story is called My Grandpapa and the Aliens. Okay. Uh, Excellent. Cool. I'm in. All right. So, Am I the grandpapa? Uh, no. No, you're the interviewer. <laughs> Am I the aliens? No. Oh. Uh, you no. know what? I wasn't born a Catholic. Doesn't fit here, does it? Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Before the United States entered the Second World War in the early spring of 1941, this is like peak alien activity sort of cranking up around this time really getting into here getting into here it's i've been like, watching a netflix series um uh world war Two in color and they didn't mention any aliens oh apologize for that i'll take that i'll you take should. that one on board yeah you should definitely apologize uh for that. when i said it was peak it wasn't really peak it was sort of as they began so okay something very much out of the ordinary occurred in the quiet rural countryside of missouri around 15 miles away from Cape Girardeau. An out-of-control object screamed out of the night sky and slammed into the rocky turf. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. Very <laughs> on. Potentially things died. The way you whipped your head. <laughs> <laughs> I whipped my head like you... back and forth. I whipped my head <laughs> back and forth. You uh, added extra sass to that one. Yeah, I did. The incident had long existed as a local legend, but then a woman named Charlotte Mann, which is kind of weird. Charlotte Mann. A woman named Charlotte Mann <laughs> began to speak publicly of the night her grandfather received a strange phone call in response to an apparent crash. 
Mm-hmm. It would be a little over four decades after the incident, around 1984, so just prior to you and I, mm-hmm. when Charlotte, now in her 50s, began to piece the events of that April evening together. Her grandmother was in the final ugly stages of cancer, and it was during this time, while Charlotte would sit and talk with her, very nice way to do that, by the way, just yeah. BT Dubs. She wasn't born a Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> That the other worldly events began to reveal themselves. So, uh, back to 1941. It was somewhere between 8 and 9 in the evening. What's the time between 8 and 9 in the evening? 801. 8.01. When the phone rang. Give me a phone ringing. Ring. Ring. Kiora, Reverend William Huffman. Uh, do we need to translate? Oh, right. They didn't speak. Kiora means hello, hello in our native tongue. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Here, I'll do it again. Kiora, Reverend William Huffman Ring. speaking. No, no, no. Oh, I didn't pick it up. Sorry. <laughs> picked up the other phone. I was like, yeah, I just picked up the cat and was talking into that. That's not right. Um, <laughs> how many fucking phones do we have? Um... He placed the receiver to his ear for several moments, speaking a little here and there. So give me an example of what that would be like. Here and there. <laughs> I guess. Hi. Yes. Ring. <laughs> Fucking ring again. <laughs> um, speaking a little here and there. Here. Uh, before hanging up and gathering his... There. And gathering his coat. A car would be coming shortly to pick him up. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At this time, 13-year-old Charlottman had no idea of the content of the conversation and why they were receiving so many phone calls. She learned from her grandmother that the call had come from a military base nearby. Inside the house. Duh, duh. Her grandfather, Charlotte believed, was to attend to administer last rites to the dead or dying crew from a plane crash. Mm. She was half correct. What half do you think? They were dead, Mm. but not dying. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I'm going to lubricate the old uh, vocal cords here. Okay, um, thanks for letting me know. Charlotte would later recall how her grandfather was a man not prone to dramatics, nor was he easily shaken. You're clearly prone to to dramatics the way you delivered that. (laughs) I so am. The facial expressions, honestly. On this evening, however, his normally calm calm demeanour was one of agitation and worry. Okay, so can you give me a sound effect of a car going there? Now a car phone. <laughs> okay, arriving at the scene, open a car door. What was there a whip? What was that whip? <laughs> it's kinky. Uh. <laughs> Um, in front of Reverend Huffman, upon his arrival, the scene was a hive of activity. Sound effects? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Military personnel and local policia mingled with police each, <laughs> mingled with each other. Several men in suits. Give me a sound of a man in a suit. Does <laughs> he take his fly and take a piss or something? <laughs> I just <laughs> thought, sounds like. don't wear zips on suits. <laughs> and the fly. The buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. He's taking a pee. Yeah. Several men in suits unzip their flies <laughs> to relieve themselves. Uh, and they stood around the scene after the urination, mostly observing, but appearing very much in a position of authority. Mm. The centrepiece of the whole affair, however, were the remains of a silver metallic disc almost embedded Dex. in the ground. Seemingly the result of a crash. Seemingly. Parts of the outer, shut up, material had broken away in the collision with the earth. Okay. 
in the picture. Yeah. So it's Crash UFO. Crash UFO that the Reverend's been called to and there's lots of people taking whizzes. Yeah. <laughs> got to pee. Like when you're excited, you know, when you're like you're hiding or something, you got to pee. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go with you. Um, over to one side, Huffman could see three small beings lined up neatly near the wreckage. Obviously, mm. some of the OCD had sort of like stacked them there, making yep. them look tardy. He walked over to them, looking down tentatively. The strange creatures were clearly humanoid, but also clearly not human. Oh. One of them appeared to be alive, but would pass away shortly after the reference arrival. So, Ooh. clearly he didn't do much to help them. Well, he's not a doctor. Yeah, but, you know, CPR. He clearly didn't go to Catholic uh, school, or did he? <laughs> no, I think he was a Baptist. <laughs> so, it's fine. Yeah, he was a Baptist. Kind of fits there. Okay. Uh, Huffy, as he liked to be called, was asked by one of the plain coast like gentlemen if he would perform blessings over the dead beings. He did, as requested, kneeling down in front of them. As he did so, he took in as much of their appearance and attire as he could. Their heads were clearly larger than their frail-looking bodies. I, you know, you know where this is going, don't you? <laughs> you do a good ring. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Their eyes were large. Each was no more than around four feet tall and dressed in tight-fitting, sexy one-piece suits. After performing the blessing, he stepped away. As he did, two of the plainly clothed gentlemen... I feel sorry that they're such plain clothes. Mm. That's like... I like a little bit of razzmatazz. Maybe they don't get own. a clothing allowance. Oh, so I don't either, but I always inject a bit of razzmatazz in my I clothing. Do. You clothing allowance? Yeah. Don't really? be so surprised. You can tell by what I'm wearing, can't you? can tell by the way I wear my clothes. It's compensated from my employer. <laughs> Is that right? Close enough. Yeah. Um, as he did, two of the plainly clothed gentlemen, I imagine like grey suits or something, black suits, picked uh, up... racist. <laughs> picked up one of the beings. Each, what? each holding one of its arms. In front of them, another man snapped a picture. Charlotte would later state that she suspected the photographs were for official documentation and for reference of the size of the being mm. the craft itself at least while huffy was in attendance was open to view from all around thanks to the gaping wound in its exterior he could make out lots of gauges and lots gauges and lights Light. strange writing ran throughout the interior of the craft there was a brilliant otherworldly shine to the outer layer of the craft. Mm. So obviously, bit of elbow grease, spit mm -hmm. polish. Turtle wax. Yeah, whatever they do. Mm -hmm. um, taking it through the saucer wash. Local saucer Read wash. Read on. Um, got a free car wash this week, actually. Read on. Uh, <laughs> uh, nothing was ever mentioned about the evening's events following her grandfather's return. The military never again called on him. It appeared no one in town spoke of the incident. Almost as if they simply forgot the events of April 1941 completely and collectively. A few weeks later, Reverend Huffy was given a picture taken that night by a local photographer. And this is um, Huffy saying, He felt like someone else besides himself should have a copy. And uh, I was the only one trusted, so he gave me a copy of the picture. Uh, so I had seen that picture all, you know, all this, all these years, and the those those big eyes, those big eyes, uh, they affected me. It wasn't anything I'd ever seen before. Uh, that's Huffy. Okay, he's, he's he sounded huffy. quite Huffy. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on! He's catching his breath. Um, that picture went missing years ago after Charlotte's grandfather loaned it to a friend. Who never returned it. Now, how many times has mm -hmm. that happened? How many times has, has that happened to me? Yeah. Lots. I remember I used to loan Goosebump books to people. Oh, uh, they'd never come back. Fucking R.L. Stein, slaving away, <laughs> writing books. I maybe sort of went in and, you know, passed them around. So not buying as many. Fair mm. enough. You know, okay, that's on me. But, you know, I used to write a wee register out to who had them. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, have I keep losing them? 
helped. Yeah, the only reason um, stuff would go missing when I went to school is it would be just stolen. Yeah, that just be stolen. Um, open your email. Oh. Start the interview. Okay. So this is an interview conducted by Charlotte Man, or Charlotte Mann, in yeah. 1984. So you're going to ask uh, Charlotte the questions. And we've got Charlotte here in the studio. Um, is this... Am I starting from the start of my email, or is that what you've already read? Um, what have you got as the start of the email? Say, um, interview with Charlotte Mann? Yeah. Okay, so... The first line, okay, April 1941? Uh, that's it, yeah. Okay. Am I reading that? Uh, you can, yeah. I can? Or should you I? You should. Really fast? Uh, okay, April 1941, what did she tell you about the t- what she remembered? Can't hear that, do it again. Slower. Okay, April 1941. Okay, no, 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 stop you there. Slow it down. Ring. <laughs> Hello, Charlottesman here. <laughs> okay. April 1941. What did she tell you about what she remembered? So she being grandmama. Mm-hmm. So when... I'm an interviewer interviewing someone who spoke to a grandma so this is... who knows the so guy Charlotte, who saw it. So Charlotte was the granddaughter yeah. of Huffy. The reverend. Yeah. yeah. This is Huffy. She was living with Huffy and Grandmama at the time. So, so I'm Grandmama the interviewer. is dying. Yeah. Well, Grandmama died and spoke to Charlotte about this. And they were like, oh, shit, that's right, aliens. But it's the grandma's recollection of her ex-husband's no. experience. This is the this is Charlotte's recollection. Of the of, grandma's recollection. Of what happened. And but Char- she got it from the grandma, not the reverend. No, no, she was there. She So the reverend had told charlotte some things yeah. and told the grandmother some things oh. and when the grandmother was dying the grandmother was like right oh. let's talk about this shit gotcha yeah play on should i start again yeah, ask the question again okay april 1941 what did she tell you about <laughs> what she remembered you might want to slow it down a bit okay april 1941 what did she tell you about what she remembered well, it was we 8 go. or 9 p.m. The phone rang and Grandpapa talked for a little bit and hung up the phone. Someone had reported a plane crash. So they asked if Grandpapa would be willing to go out with them to the scene in case there were, you know, some people who might need prayer or assistance. So. <laughs> He agreed to go, and a cow was sent for him. There's a lot of reading here. I'm going to just let you play out, because at a certain point, I know you'll drop that accent. When he came back, he was very shaken. He sat down and told me, I'm going to tell you what has happened. You can never repeat it, and I'll never speak of it again. Grandpapa described what he saw was a saucer shape that has half broken in half. He <laughs> That's not what it says. <laughs> he saw gauges and small little seats that looked like children-sized. There was a band around it that looked as if it had hieroglyphics, like the, the Egyptian writing. The symbols were on the walls inside the crown? On the inside. And there were three bands. And they were on the outside and assumed they were flowing flow thrown out of the crash. By the crash. One was still breathing. Grandpapa knelt down next to him and he expired. But he prayed over each and every one of them. What did the beings look like? From the photo Grandpapa showed me, the creature seemed to be child size, probably four feet tall. It was difficult to tell if it had on a metallic suit or if it was the skin, but it looked kind of looked like it was wearing crinkle aluminum foil, but soft, like it was using some special fabric softener or something. He looked as if he had no bone structure, like kind of like octopus tentacles and very large oval eyes. I don't recall the mouth. It was more as if he took a knife and slid across. No lips, nothing like that. The arms were much longer than our arms. Do I understand that there were two men on either side of this non-human? Yes, one on each side, holding up the damn alien. <laughs> each one of them had one hand under the armpit and then held the arm further out, not quite reaching the wrist. As if demonstrating how long the arms were. I think so, because the creature's arms went completely across the man's bodies and they were still further out. Extended. <laughs> 
What about the neck and the head? Were they covered as well? No, they were just normal. As I said, the eyes looked just like huge ovals with blackness. No expression. No expression? When you say an oval, it could be vertical on the face or horizontal or slanted. Do you remember if those eyes were sitting horizontal, vertical, or slanted? You ask a lot of questions, mister, but I I recall they were vertical, up and down. I see. Vertical oval. Yes! And two little dots for what I would have called a nose and a slit for the mouth. And no ears? No ears. Like we have ears. I can't say he had ears. No. I couldn't see a side view of where the ear might have been. So I don't know if he would have had the same little dots like for the nose. I'm clearly uneducated to comment on this. So this crinkly part that seemed to be sort of metallic-like crinkled tinfoil went up to the neck and the face, but did not cover the neck and face? It did not, exactly. It's hard to know what you were looking at because there was no seam. It wasn't like if you had a suit and, and a collar and, and like, like a fly where men like would pee out of it with a seam. You know, it just blended or moved. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Still going with that accent. I know. (laughs) Shut up. With the large, dark oval eyes, and in terms of the face, how big do you think those ovals were in terms of the area they covered in the face? Took up most of its face. At the ends of those very long arms, what can you remember about the hands? I don't remember seeing more than three fingers. They were very, very long. Much longer than ours. I don't recall seeing any fingernails. But I do know he did not have the five digits. That you can take to the bank. Did you go to Catholic school? (laughs) No, I'm a Baptist. Okay. Did your grandfather say that he knew that this being was dead in the picture with these two men holding it? Or was that an assumption that was made? Are you talking shit about my grandpapa? Are you calling his his assessment of the situation to question? I'll fucking kill you. I'll fucking murder you. And back to the script. I think the picture was taken while he was ministering to one who he said was still kind of seen to be taking the short breaths. The other two were dead on impact. So, two weeks later, someone came to the house. <laughs> this gentleman came by and he seemed, Grandma said, very, very frightened. And he said he wanted someone that he trusted to have a photo of the alien. He, he felt like someone should have a copy of the picture of the man and the alien. And he asked Grandpapa if he would take it. And he did. So that's how we came about to even having it. You would think the entire community would have known that something extraordinary had happened. Well, I would have thought that until the last few years and find out what I have about our government and our news media. If you can keep the bomb that was dropped on Hiroshima a secret and the number of people involved and the number of people who worked on that, then I'm convinced they can keep, they can really quell a story if they desire to. I'm not out to prove nothing to nobody. I can't answer all the questions correctly. I can only give the account of the picture I saw and what was related to me by my dear grandpapa. That end. Yeah, so that's... um. So the auto-responses I have from Gmail, it's prompting me. I could click one and it would email you back. Nice. Very interesting. <laughs> or, thanks for sharing. <laughs> or... Thank you. Now, here's a very detailed photo that uh, was drawn of the picture that uh, Charlotte was showing. Right. Uh, so you can see stick figures holding out uh, an alien like Jesus on the cross. Hmm. Yeah. And he looks at like your typical grey with the uh, big oval, scary eyes, yep. slanted, dark, mm-hmm. uh, dot nose, slip mouth. Yeah. About four feet tall, so not quite up to the breasts of the men. <laughs> you need to send me that and I'll Instagram it. Nice. So, yeah, that's, that was. thank you for joining in there. That was quite good. You're welcome. Is that the end of the story? That's the end of the story. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you think it's legit? 
picking up the crowbar. Um, <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, like it was. Um, like it's, it sounded like. Although I may, I took the piss out of this person by doing that stupid voice. Yeah, <laughs> Charlotte Man. Um, I practiced that last night. I was sitting downstairs doing that, reading that whole thing out just like that. Um, right. Yes, it was a bit confusing for my partner sitting upstairs working on some stuff. Thinking, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> it's ours practicing for my podcast debut. Um, so, yeah, like I think this is like you know for Huffy as mm. a man of God. Mm. Um, generally, although, although the whole God thing's pretty properly fabricated mm-hmm. i think the people who are in that role are generally like someone like him pretty genuine legit so mm-hmm. yeah i reckon if it um something like that happened it seems very much 1940-ish during the war yeah um you know the country's about to go at war so we just keep stuff quiet we don't talk about it mm-hmm. there's no you know yeah i think i think there could be something to it there's lots of crashes i've because uh, this is about uh, so roswell was 1947 so this was a number of years before mm-hmm. some would even say six um <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I think there's something to it, and there's mm. there's a few more crashes. There's, there's even one in New Mexico, uh, another one in New Mexico. They read like from like 1948, where they recovered apparently 16 bodies. Wow. So, um, and maybe even some alive beings. <laughs> so you could touch on some other crashes. So yes, Roswell is obviously the one everyone knows about, but um, yeah, this um, Cape Girardeau is another one. Yeah, that, I think uh, the Roswell one, um, you know. That's that became quite famous because it was confirmed and then denied that it was aliens. So it's That's probably right. the one that hits the headlines. Whereas probably people on these ones just sort of they saw what they did, they shut up, and now most of them are dead. So mm-hmm. you don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Thank you for bringing said story. That's all right. Shall we move on to the final, or have you got some more to Let's add? Let's do the final. Let's okay. Let's move on to the last segment of the show. We call "Get Me Some Strange." I'll use this uh, new um, "Get Me Some Strange" music lever. You didn't have to even act it out. You could have just made a noise. For the, <laughs> What's the for point? I enjoy. I enjoy playing. <laughs> um, this is the segment of the show where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of "Mysteries of the Unexplained." I'll flick to a random page. Tony will tell me where to stop, and I'll read out the said story. Okay. That's we good. try to mark them with a post-it flag so that we don't double up. But if we, we do, we have that flag somewhere. I didn't. I never grab it out. <sighs> I used the crowbar to get it. <laughs> um, if I do end up doubling up, then we tend to just okay. You're hitting things. I can't find it. <laughs> Sit back down. Oops. We can go without. If I land on a um, doubled up story, then what I like to do is try and read the entire thing in a single breath. Yeah, so, I can't find it. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> um, flicking now. Okay. Stop. All right. This is the. I think I know which section it is. It's around. Yeah, so the word New Zealand. <laughs> I chopped the crowbar, sorry. Yeah, there's, Did New, you? there's a New Zealand bit. Oh, should you read it? It's two pages earlier. Can I break the rules? Yeah, and skip yeah, yeah, yeah. In case we, that way we don't have to rely on falling on that one again. All right, this one looks pretty good. Okay, I what just saw the word New Zealand, in? so I'll um I'll figure out. It's funny how New Zealand does stand out as a word because the N and the Z together sort of sort of catches your eye. Well, it's an unfamiliar kind of uh, um, combination combination of, of things. Yeah. Appearances and disappearances. Oh, we like the section. One of your favorites. One of our favorites. All right. According to many writers on UFOs and on the occult, hundreds of British troops were mysteriously abducted by a <gasps> cloud that settled over them as they advanced towards the Turkish positions during one of the battles of Gallipoli in 1915. Have I read this one? No, I haven't read this. Okay. The source for the story is a statement written 50 years after the incident by three New Zealand soldiers <gasps> who deposed that they had watched a dense, solid-looking cloud shaped like a loaf of bread settle on the ground in the path of advancing column of troops. After the men walked into it, the account went on, the cloud lifted, leaving no one behind. Into thin air, Paul Begg concluded that this disappearance could... This is a strange way to... Oh no, hang on. In Into Thin Air, which I assume is a book. Oh, no. In Into <laughs> Thin Air, Paul Begg concluded that this disappearance could not have happened as described. The battalion named by the New Zealanders was not unaccounted for. Are they calling us a liar? 
Another battalion had been decimated in battle, but that was nine days before the date given in the statement, and the report of the post-war commission that investigated the disastrous Gallipoli campaign included mention of an unseasonable mist that blinded Allied artillery gunners but aided their Turkish counterparts in wiping out a British unit. Significantly, that report was only fully declassified in 1965 and its publication may have brought forth a confused recollection by the New Zealanders. Totally calling us liars. Confused New Zealanders. Although the details are questionable, a mystery concerning the fallen still remains. As Begg notes, of the 34,000 British and and Empire troops who died at Gallipoli, 27,000 have no known grave. In the light of such widespread carnage, how many more strange disappearances do those bold statistics hide? Paul Begg, Into Thin Air, page 41 to 51, The Unexplained Mysteries of Mind, Space and Time, volume 3, issue 31. And then as a bonus, I've got a three-liner here. Okay, So nice. I'm going to do that. The crew of the ship Zebrina disappeared on October 1917 during a short voyage across the English Channel in good weather. There were no clues. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad it made it in because it was quite a compelling story, that last one. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much detail is what yeah. I liked. <laughs> to me, you can just read that one. That was it. <laughs> Anything else to add? Nah, I'm all good. It's so good. Um, you're off to Europe uh, next week, so we're not... Yep, Europa, uh, moon of Jupiter. <laughs> Wait. Nah. yes yeah yeah you're off to europa <laughs> <laughs> you're off to, around europe um, for the next week for work so um we are taking a break next week we'll be back in two weeks time correct me if i'm wrong we're off next week i like when they say that okay um so yes we're <laughs> you're off. trying to re- google which moon europa is the planet of maybe europa is the smallest of the four galilean moons orbiting jupiter told you uh, it's only 628.3 million kilometers away oh yeah so that's a long way to go so i might yeah. not be back in a week <laughs> <laughs> we'll better give it two yeah uh okay so on that note we will uh call that another week of lights in the sky podcast catch you not next week uh turtle next week ooh you <laughs>